0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Going to go to the book of Second Samuel this morning, Second Samuel chapter five. Brother Toby's been all in my message, and Brother Rayleigh's been all in my message, and we probably could just fold up and If mama was cooking today, I would probably fold up and go home, but I'm going out back to eat sandwiches, so I'll preach a little while if that's all right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Always thankful for the opportunity. I love this church, and I love you, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. A couple weeks ago, I was riding down the road in a semi and received a Message that uh, from a mother. I won't call the name because I certainly don't want to embarrass anyone. But our children had been off on a a trip, uh, a, a camp meeting of some sort, and uh, when they got back, they was asking about him. And one of the young men said, "Brother Jerry, still my favorite speaker." <laughs> I got a little choked up and emotional about it, you know. And I, as I rode further down the road, and my had begin to swell a little bit. I was reminded not too long ago that my nephew also told me that I was his favorite preacher. And uh, I said, well, why is that, Ethan? He said, because you don't take very long and you let us go early. So. <laughs> I will be mindful of the time this morning, but 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 17. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David, King over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David and heard of it and went down to the hold. And the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of rephim David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless... That word there means to uh, no doubt. You, you go ahead and do it, David, and I'll leave no doubt that I'll deliver the Philistines into thy hand. For several months, I, I don't know why, but the Lord has dealt with me, and I, it'll be obvious today. The last several messages that I have preached from behind this desk has been concerning prayer, and today is no different. Uh, I wished I could say I apologize for that, but I just try to go the way the Lord leads me. And uh, so I'm going to preach this morning from a from a question. My title will be, "Do you do you have a secret place? Only you and God know that today. That's this is something personal. It's intimate. And so I'm going to ask you today. Just lend me your ear for a few minutes. And we'll preach from that. Do you have a secret place? You can remain seated, but would you pray with me? Father, I love you. So thankful for the privilege to be in this house. Thankful for the word that we have already heard, how it has been anointed and touched to our hearts. I'm asking for the next few minutes that you touch our hearts and our minds as a congregation, that you would help us to receive the word and to hear what thus saith the Lord. And Lord, I ask you to touch me. And to just what you've put in my heart, Lord, I ask you to help me to get out of my mouth. In the name of Jesus, amen. I would bring to our attention to the book of Samuel this morning and the verses that we read where David was anointed to be king over Israel. And the Bible says that the Philistines came out against David. Now, we notice that the Philistines were notified of David's anointing. They came out to challenge him. They, they knew he had been anointed. They knew that this God of Israel that had been so great and so powerful and done so many things for the children of Israel that now they have another king that has been anointed, but yet the Philistines have chosen to come out because they think that if they can annihilate him at this young age, if they can wipe him out, that perhaps they could continue to reign. So when David was anointed, his problems, (laughs) they didn't go away. The the anointing of the Holy Ghost is not a problem exemption power. Uh, the, The Holy Ghost, when we receive the Holy Ghost, I know it's been said a thousand times, but that doesn't mean that life forever changes and there'll be no more worry and fear. On the other hand, the Holy Ghost, or the anointing of the Holy Ghost, is the power to confront problems. The fact of the matter is, when David was anointed, his problems merely got bigger. When David was anointed with fresh oil and a a fresh anointing, and when David was anointed with a higher anointing, his problems multiplied. And we have to be careful because that can discourage us as individuals. You know, some people are like, yeah, "I got enough problems as it is. If I get a higher anointing or more from the Lord, I, I think I'll pass because I don't. I already my plate's full. I can't take any more, and and I just want to sit here on my pew and mind my own business and say Amen and thank you, Jesus, every now and then. And but we can't look at it like that, ladies and gentlemen." We have to look at it as is when the bigger problems come, we are anointed with a bigger anointing. And I think that is the what we're all striving for here today is to have a greater anointing, if you will, because it is the anointing of the Holy Ghost that is the power for everything we do. We can we can do more when we have more anointing. If if you know, if I'm if I'm going bear hunting, I'm not carrying a twenty two pistol. I'm carrying a 300 Magnum. I'm carrying the most powerful rifle I can find. And when we face the devil, the concept is the same. You better take all the Holy Ghost you can take. You better take all the anointing you can take because you're going to need every bit of it. The anointing is not just for shouting and dancing up here this morning and, and running around and making us feel get goosebumps and feel all giddy. And don't don't misunderstand me what I'm saying. The anointing is not cool, calm, and collective. On the contrary, I believe that where the anointing shows up. There's always going to be some activity, but I am just saying this morning that the anointing is far more than emotionalism. The anointing is far more than just tears streaming down our face. The anointing is far more than just clapping our hands and worshiping the Lord, but the anointing of the Holy Ghost is the supernatural power to destroy the enemy. Isaiah said that the anointing is the burden removing the yoke destroying power of God. In Isaiah 10 and 27 he said it shall come to pass in that day that this burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I believe that every time we gather we should expect that yokes will be broken. Bonds will be broken, bodies will be healed, and that is exactly what happens when the Holy Ghost has its way. We just had a praise report this morning of of what takes place when the Holy Ghost moves. And I'm not to be judgmental or cruel, but I believe our level of expectation for the supernatural, the miracle working, the glory and power of God is sometimes too low. I'll say it for myself it's It's too low for me sometimes and and Lord help me i'm I'm praying for more faith. I'm praying to be bolder in the Holy Ghost. I'm praying that God would give me more confidence in the Holy Ghost I, I'm, I'm not trying to be super spiritual on you here this morning, but I can't tell you how many times I find my place in a, a place of business or in a group of people and the Lord prompts me to say something or do something and I miss the opportunity because I don't have enough faith to step out. And I'm, I'm saying, God, help me give, me. give me more anointing. Give me more power. We should be experiencing the fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire every time we meet. There should be such a hunger and thirst, as Brother Rayleigh spoke of this morning, such a craving for the glory of God, that we will not be satisfied with anything less than the tangible presence of the Lord. Praise the Lord. The kind of service that we had here last Sunday with the power of the Holy Ghost so strong sweeping through tongues and interpretations, that should be the normal. That shouldn't be something to back up of or be afraid of or to be shocked when it happens. But I believe we should be expecting it to happen. And when it don't happen, we ought to be disappointed and ask ourselves, what what didn't we do right? What what didn't we move when God said move? Why, why did it not happen? Because every time we gather together, there's no reason that the power of the Holy Ghost shouldn't fall in this house and change lives. That's what it's designed to do. The Holy Ghost, Jesus is a life changer. The indisputable truth is we'll only get what we're willing to reach for. And that follows with if, we, if you can live without it, we will live without it. If you don't think you need it, I can't live without chocolate milk at night before I go to bed. I gotta have chocolate milk. Whether we're all that, we go off somewhere, stay somewhere, I gotta stop, get me a gallon of milk and some Nestle's quick because I can't live without it. But if we find out we can live without something, it gets easier and easier and easier not to expect it. Hunger hunger is the magnet that draws the presence of God. Hunger hunger is the thermometer that God uses to check our spiritual temperature. Our hunger is prophecy. Remember what Brother Rayleigh said this morning? I'll say again, they that hunger and thirst shall be filled. We will be filled in the exact proportion to the intensity of our hunger. You, you want just a little bit of Holy Ghost this morning? That's all God will pour out. You, you want the whole gallon poured on your head? Thirst for it. Hunger for it. God will pour it out on you. We will be filled with exactly what we're reaching for. Since hunger is the rule that God uses to pour out His Spirit, that's why we should be asking God to increase our hunger and desire. I've been asking God every morning when, I, when I'm meeting with him, create a, a hunger and a desire in me that burns for more. I don't want, I don't want to get satisfied with where I'm at. I, I don't want to just be okay with the way things are going. I want more and more. It's in the presence that we are anointed with his power. And there if there ever was a time when we need the power of God, Yes now. It's now. When David received this great anointing, he immediately showed up on the devil's radar screen, and he showed up as a threat to the devil. And until you and I are anointed, we don't even really phase the devil. Actually, without the anointing, we're no threat to hell at all. Hear me, it's the anointing that makes us dangerous to hell. It's the anointing when we wake up in the morning that the devil says, oh no, here they come again. It's the anointing that'll give him nightmares. And we have to remember that the devil, see, he recognizes and knows about the anointing too. Because it was that same anointing and power that kicked him out of heaven. Everything Jesus did, every miracle, every healing, every deliverance was by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Acts 10 and 38 said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were opposed of the devil for God was with him. I believe that ever born again child of God and every blood-washed, spirit-filled apostolic should be asking and should be actively seeking for a higher anointing in God. Why? Because we need it. Because we're already fighting at higher levels. One preacher said it like this: We are fighting higher-level devils in this day and hour. And some of us may not completely understand that, but but the truth is, there are different ranks and there are different levels of demons in the kingdom of darkness. And I know we get all funny and don't want to talk about that. But I'm here to tell you that the devil in hell is real, and he's coming for your family. He's coming for your children. He's coming to kill, to steal, and destroy. And and without the anointing of God, we cannot defend. And we, we're definitely fighting higher level devils today more than ever in the past. So, so a nonchalant, a haphazard, a half-hearted, a lukewarm relationship with God is, is, is not going to cut it anymore. I'm convinced that if we don't have a secret place in our lives where we can go. Not, not a place to, to hide and ball up like a baby and cry and be scared. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about a secret place where we can get to God and let his anointing cover us and empower us to face anything. And if we don't, then we're not going to make it in these last days. You're not, you're not going to make it without a relationship. Not as individuals and not as a church. For the sake of time this morning, I won't read this familiar passage of Scripture, but Psalms 91 speaks of a covenant of blessings and promises that are only between God and those who live in that secret place that I'm preaching about this morning. You can't claim a Psalms 91 life unless you're living in Psalms 91. From this secret place, we become anointed of the Lord. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is standard operating equipment for the child of God. If we're filled with the Holy Ghost, it ought to be like that pocket knife on my side. I use it every day, multiple times a day without thinking about it. It's a screwdriver. It's a hammer. It does all kind of things. And if we're full of the Holy Ghost, we ought to be able to pick it up real quick and do whatever God needs us to do with it but it's going to take the anointing the anointing is not it's not just the feeling of a wonderful presence of the lord though I'm thankful for that I I appreciate what we felt this morning here in the power of the holy ghost but but the anointing is for warfare it's for it's for casting out devils it's for healing the sick it's it's for delivering the bound and the oppressed and the anointing is for setting captives free and the anointing is for breakthrough when we operate under the anointing Everything we do becomes part of our warfare against hell. Under the anointing, our giving is warfare. When you give in to the to the offering, that's warfare under the anointing. That's why a lot of times you'll see us pray over the, over the offering. Under the anointing, singing is warfare. Under the anointing, clapping our hands is warfare. Under the anointing, worship becomes warfare. Under the anointing, playing an instrument becomes warfare. I have Bible for that. The best example is when David played his harp. What happened? The evil spirits left Saul. The secret place that I'm preaching about this morning is not to hide out or where we run to get away from the enemy. Yes, the secret place is a place of safety, but for those who dwell there, the secret place is much more than that. The secret place becomes the sacred place, and the sacred place becomes the most desired place. When you have a relationship with the Lord... You can't wait to get in his presence and you can't wait to feel his anointing. In that secret, sacred, and desired place is where we cultivate our personal and intimate relationship with the Lord. Jesus said, Enter into thy closet and shut the door. Then pray to your Father in secret. Then he said, The Father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. The anointing on our lives, ladies and gentlemen, is the reward of dwelling. In that secret place. When we read Psalms 91, we see where first David talks about safety and he speaks of protection and those secret place dwellers. Then in verse 13, and if you're not familiar with Psalms 91, I encourage you this afternoon, to it's a short read, to read that. But verse 13, it shifts from safety and protection to authority and power. There is an anointing for protection. Then there is anointing for demonstration for manifesting the power of God over the works of the devil. I'll read Psalm ninety one and thirteen thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Without the anointing is no power. You're not you're not going to to trample anything under your feet without the anointing. Now this sounds like, that verse sounds like a lot like Luke 10 and 19 where Jesus said, Behold, I give unto thee power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But how are we going to make it through life without anything hurting us? The anointing. (laughs) We got to have the anointing. The power is the anointing and that anointing can only be found and obtained in that secret place. Without the anointing, we're dead in the water and we can't accomplish anything. Step up here behind this desk or or do anything. Try to play an instrument. You you try to do it without the anointing. It'll it'll be a wreck, I can tell you. It'll It'll be a failure. With the anointing of the Holy Ghost or without the anointing of the Holy Ghost, you're just, you're waiting on disaster. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is the key to an abundant life. David wrote, Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is also the key to an effective life in the kingdom of God. You can't be effective in the kingdom of God without the anointing. What did David do when he received the anointed and he heard that the Philistines were come out against him? The Bible says, as we read this morning, that that the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel. All the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hold. Not hold, H-O-L-E, hold, H-O-L-D. That word hold means stronghold. It means fortress. It means defense. The hold is just another way of saying the secret place. Where did David go? He went to his prayer closet when they come up against him. And that's what the hold represents. It's the place where you and I go for everything we need. It's the place where you get energized. It's the place where you get revalidized. It's the place where we get instruction and direction. And, And it means getting along with God. It means that I recognize that I need divine assistance and I can't do this without God. It is the secret place of the most high. The word said that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. See David got it. He understood it. He knew that his success was not just in being anointed, but he knew it was a personal fellowship and communion with the Lord himself. I've said it a 100 times over the last year and it's been said way more than that from behind this desk. But you're not going to survive Living for the Lord if all you're doing is living for the Lord on Sunday and Wednesday. This is about a day-to-day relationship. This is about when nobody else is around and it's just me and him. He knows my heart. He knows where I'm at and he knows what I'm doing. There are too many apostolics today that are counting too much on themselves. They're trying to get by in life without the anointing over their life. David knew that he was anointed. But David also knew where that anointing come from, and he would ne- mistakes made. Yes, David was full of mistakes, but he always knew where to go to keep the anointing. What we're seeing in this day and hour uh, is that many people in the church are foolishly leaning on themselves. We we can we've got some pretty good musicians and singers. We can drum this up, make it feel good. And we get to thinking we can do things on our own. In other words, we don't think that it's important sometimes to come to church. Midweek Bible study is, I mean, what's what's the big deal? Who's going to notice if we miss that? I I got something else to do. One of the worst things that this pandemic has done, and I'm not making light of it, it's real. It has been devastating. It has been devastating to our local church. But one of the worst things this pandemic has done is caused some people to become cavalier and lazy. They think they can sit I, I can sit home in my pajamas and watch online TV preaching. I, I still feel a few goosebumps. I still feel the spirit when they sing. I spoke in tongues 6 months ago, surely I am. Surely I am okay. But they're deceiving themselves. And they're not okay. And because they can feel his presence and get a few goosebumps, and please don't misunderstand me this morning. I'm not being unkind, and I'm not being disrespectful, but I'm preaching the truth. But what's happening is people, people in this day and hour think it's okay to miss church several times a month. They think it's no big deal if you don't pay your tithes or not. Prayer time and Bible reading isn't isn't all of it's cracked up to be. It's really not that important. And what 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 we're leaning towards or what's coming in the future is a large group of Christians who act like and think they're spiritual, but they're really not okay. Lying to themselves, they're deceiving themselves, and they're in a dangerous spiritual condition. And when we get ourselves in a dangerous spiritual condition. We are no asset to this church. We can't help this church. We've got to guard it. That's what, Pastor, last Sunday, if you I've listened to that. I've listened to that three or four times this week. We've we've got to guard against this state of apathy that is on the church. I'll tell you what scares me to death. We're living in the darkest. Most treacherous, most evil time of our entire lives, and multitudes of church folk act like nothing is happening. Just living life casual, like nothing is going on. And let let me say this this morning if you don't hear anything I say, hear this today. If we're not aggressively and passionately pressing forward as a church, then the fact of the matter is we're passively falling back. And we'll fail. We'll fail to reach the lost and we'll fail to be a city set on a hill. That's why we're so blessed. I I didn't think you would be here this morning and so I don't want to embarrass you but that's why we're so blessed to have a leader that preaches the way he does. Don't Don't ever quit challenging me. Don't ever quit pushing me. Don't ever, ever expect less from me. You keep pressing. You keep pressing me and pushing me. I, I need him to demand more of me. You need him to demand more of you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I feel, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. If I if I'd have known this, I'd ask you permission. So, if I get too far out on the limb, you cough real loud or something. But I, when I go down there to that campground, and I see Bishop Steve Boyd, I get a godly pride. to think that the state of Florida thinks enough of him to lead us. And I'm going to say something here, and I'm saying it out of love, but it would be the pleasure of the enemy to create in our heart a bad spirit that when he's got business to tend to and can't be here, that we sell up and decide we won't be here. I'll tell you, and when I'm talking about him, I'm talking about you. God is using them mightily in the kingdom. And because they are allowing him to use them, this church is being blessed beyond measure. Blessed beyond measure. Make no mistake about that. Big load? Yeah. Yeah, they're carrying a big load, but he's got some big shoulders. And I'll say this this morning. I'll challenge us this morning as as individuals. Whatever your time is, and that's between you and God, that you pray for them in the mornings or evenings, whenever it is you pray. If you're praying for him five minutes in the morning, I'm asking you to double it. Pray 10. If it's 15, I'm asking you to double it, to pray 30. Because God is using them and through them we are being blessed. And things are coming to Hatch Bend Apostolic Church that we can't even wrap our minds around. But we got to keep pressing forward. We can't live in the past. Pastor says it often, I'm thankful for the past, but I'm not living there. I'm, I'm looking for the future. I'm looking for the future. I'm, I'm going to ask our musicians to come. I've, I've, uh, I woke up this morning about 3 o'clock in the morning with an illustration and uh, I need a father and a daughter to help me and I I, I did ask permission I knew I was felt like I would do this this morning and I asked brother Brian Bird to help me this morning and I apologize to sister Sarah because she'll want to choke me because of that camera back there but uh, I asked brother Brian to help me this morning see David went down into the the hold I've already said that that is a fortress, a strong tower. And, and David got a hold of God. And he had a secret place. Brother Brian, I'm going to ask you to come up here. And Sister Jenna, I'll ask your forgiveness later, but I'm going to ask you to come with him too. I'm going to ask you all to stand right here and face the, the crowd in front of me. So I'm asking today, do we have that secret place for ourselves? On, on, only you know that. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Only you know that. You say, Jerry, why, why do you keep preaching it over and over and over? Why, 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 why? I woke up this morning with this illustration, and a matter of fact, when I woke up, it was these two individuals. See, you can look at Brother Brian. And tell that he's a man's man. I'm being honest. If he's walking in the Gainesville Mall with Sister Jenna and Sister Shanna, you'd rather tackle a grizzly bear than try to harm his family. And if there's one thing I know about him and that I'm confident about him, is he's got a secret place. This is a man of God. And because of his occupation, he's up early every morning. And I'm sure while he's up early, these young ladies are still sleeping. And so what he does before he goes to work is he asks God to watch over them, to protect them. He pleads the blood over their life because he's sending them out into the world. And he's got to go a different direction. So you want to know why we need a secret place? We need a secret place to cover those ones we love because you see you see, when Brother Brian's on the job and this beautiful young lady has to, has to go out into the world, he's not there to protect her. He's not there and we think, well, we live here in little old Hatch Bend, Florida, Brantford, Florida, where no evil exists. But I'm telling you now that evil abounds around us everywhere. And if we don't plead the blood over our family and children, and I'm going to speak specifically to the men this morning, if you're not pleading the blood over your family and children, I encourage you because the devil is looking to kill them, he's looking to steal them, and he's looking to destroy them. And if we don't have that secret place that we go to, if we don't have that secret place where we can get a hold of God, The enemy may come along in the night and pull this young thing away and and may no telling where her life will end up. But no, no, because daddy has a secret place. Because he's been there time and time again. And he says, every morning, Lord, it's me again. I want you to stand with me across this house today. Thank you, thank you. It's the... It's the secret place that we need. And I, I'll, I'll say this this morning. I'm, I'm closing. When we go into that secret place, God will always honor us. God will always honor us. It's in a secret place that he'll do things for us. And, and I'm thankful I am thankful for the power and the privilege of prayer. It doesn't doesn't matter how great our past accomplishments are or our experiences have been or how anointed we are at one time, but we've got to keep a fresh fire. And the only way to keep that fresh fire is to have a secret place in our life where we can get one-on-one with God and where we can impact our world, because He's coming back. I'm going to ask you to gather around this morning and before we close for the next few minutes, uh, but let's just ask God. Let's just ask God to help us.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.